We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. What's going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of the Future Award-winning Talking Buffalo podcast, part of the Blue Warrior Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very, very much, as always, for locking in. All right, folks, I hope you had a great weekend. Absolutely, positively gorgeous weekend here in Buffalo, man. Perfect weather. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of things to do. Taste of Buffalo. Uh, yeah, Queen of Heaven in West Seneca. Just so much to enjoy this time of year. Buffalo summer in full tilt right now. Hope you had a good time. Um, a start of a new week here. And we're going to keep the ball rolling. Today is going to be part five in an 11-part series. And I'm running it now through the start of Buffalo Bills training camp, which begins in just a few weeks. I figure now would be a good time to do this series. In part because there's just simply nothing going on with the Bills. So the timing was right. What I'm doing is I'm counting down the top 10 Buffalo Bills of all time at specific positions. Uh, we've already done quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. In fact, I got something I want to talk about with the tight ends. But I'll do that a little later in the week with one of the other episodes. Because this one is just too packed to uh, get into that right now. But anyway, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. If you missed any of those, go back, Apple, Spotify, wherever you catch your podcast and uh, those episodes are there sitting and waiting for you. Today, we're counting down the top 10 best Buffalo Bills offensive tackles and interior offensive linemen in Bills history. And what makes this episode different from the rest is that I'm counting down tackles and interior guys separately. So technically, we're doing two different positions today instead of one. But we're doing it on this one podcast episode. Uh, today is the first of what's going to be three episodes of these countdowns this week on Talk Buffalo podcast. Uh, I'm going to do defensive ends tomorrow. And we're going to do defensive ends or defensive tackles, I should say, on Thursday. Of course, I'll have our regular casual Friday show with my good buddy Joe Yurden on Friday this week as well. So four total episodes for this week. Um, I've said this on all the episodes we've done so far with these countdowns, and I'm going to say it again here too. I'm going to focus on making these as short and easily consumable for everyone listening as much as humanly possible. Um, this one particularly is going to go on a bit longer, obviously, than the others because I'm covering 
20 guys in two positions instead of uh, 10 and one. But I'll fly through them as quickly as I realistically can. I also want to reiterate yet again that these top 10 lists that you're hearing over these handful of episodes, they come solely from me. These are my own personal player evaluations. I did not confer with any media members, uh, men and women who cover the bills, any of that. I did not poll fans. Uh, These lists are my opinions, my opinions only. Um, I took into account a handful of factors. Uh, They range from personal achievement on the field to longevity, to productivity with the team. And I also factored in team success, at least to an extent. And uh, all these lists are for when you're a member of the Buffalo Bills. I don't care what players did before the Bills, and I really don't care what they did after. Well, it's not that I don't care, but it doesn't factor into these lists that you are hearing. Um, You know, obviously, when you do any type of power rankings or top 10 lists, they're always extremely subjective. Um, It's an exercise. And many of your opinions are going to vary. And I welcome them. You know, I welcome all your opinions, your takes, your reactions, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, you could send them. You could tweet them to me at Pamarin Tweets. Or you can go to Talk About Flow Podcast on Facebook and uh, let me know what you think of these. And one last thing, and I've said this three times as well. When I do this series, I'm sitting down here in my home studio, hitting record, got some notes, and I'm just letting it rip. Uh, usually when I do a podcast episode, when I have guests on, I might go back and, and do some editing. You know, if I fumble over a couple of things or my guest does, I might take that out, tighten it up a little bit. Not the case uh, with this series. So if I happen to mess up, and I probably will at some point in this episode, just going to keep going, man. So this is raw, warts and all. That's what you're going to get. Uh, at the end of this episode, I'll lay out what the podcast schedule is going to be for the remainder of these. With that in mind, let's just jump in, man, because again, we got a lot to get to. Uh, Before getting to the interior, guys, let's start with the top 10 Buffalo Bills offensive tackles in franchise history. And uh, let's get this going right away. Coming in at number 10, Jerry Ostrowski. Uh, Jerry spent his entire eight-year career with the Bills, 1994 to 2001. No, I did not pick him because he's a former guest. I'm talking Buffalo podcast here. And I should say this about uh, Jerry Ostrowski compared to probably the other 19 guys you're going to hear about today. This guy was, he was an interchangeable piece. Wasn't truly even a tackle, but he did play tackle. He played 106 games with the Bills. Uh, started 102 of them. Originally drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. And then he was cut as a rookie. Um, like I said, he's played multiple positions with the Bills. He was uh, a utility knife. He he played multiple seasons at guard. He also played a lot at center, but he did man the right tackle spot in 1987 or 97 and 1998 before he moved to center. So he's an interchangeable piece, a very good player for this team for quite a while. Like I said, eight years in his entire career with the Bills. So he makes this list, man. I'm going to start him off at number 10. Moving on, number nine, Glenn Parker. Glenn Parker played seven years with the Buffalo Bills, 1990 to 1996 Glenn Parker was a third round pick in the 1990 draft and a solid starting tackle during the height of team success for uh, the Buffalo Bills the Super Bowl years became a full-time starter in 1992 and again it was solid 
Uh, he actually started at Wright Guard in 1992, but by 1994, he was full-time at Wright Tackle, and he played really well there for uh, the next three years. Like I said with Jerry Ostrowski, a lot of these guys, at least to some extent, are interchangeable. That's the way it goes a lot of offensive linemen, versatile guys, and uh, kind of why I decided to combine offensive tackle and interior offensive line into these countdowns on the same podcast episode. Not just so I could have 20 guys in instead of 10, but because, like I said, some of these guys played multiple positions. But anyway, Glenn Parker comes in at number nine. Coming in at number eight, Donnie Green. Donnie Green spent six years with the Buffalo Bills, 1971 to 1976. Uh, Green was a fifth-round pick in 1971. He started 72 of his 75 games with the Buffalo Bills, almost exclusively at right tackle. Of course, Green was part of that incredible offensive line in the early 70s that helped propel O.J. Simpson to put up some of the best rushing statistics in the history of the NFL before or since. 2003 yards in 1973 for O.J. And again, Donnie Green was a starter on that line. A starting uh, tackle literally from day one of his career too. It's not like he came in as a backup and had to bide his time before he became a starter. Donnie Green, a very good pick. I got him here at number eight. Moving on to number seven. This is a guy that younger Buffalo Bills fans certainly are going to know. I am talking about current Buffalo Bills starting left tackle, Deion Dawkins. Uh, Deion Dawkins has spent five years with the Buffalo Bills running, um, 2017 to current. The former second-round pick out of Temple has become one of the better Bills players on the field. Certainly one of the more popular and colorful guys off the field as well. Deion Dawkins has become a big presence in the Buffalo Bills in Western New York community. Uh, he became a full-time starter at left tackle early in his rookie season. And it's a role that he has not relinquished and doesn't plan on doing it anytime soon. Started 74 games as we go into this season. Uh, last year was Deion Dawkins' best year, arguably at least anyway. Especially on the field when he had to overcome. Um, Deion Dawkins overcame COVID not just once, but twice. And even in doing so, he played well enough to earn his first Pro Bowl nod. Uh, you know, here's a guy... And Deion Dawkins, like several other current active Buffalo Bills, a couple that we've already featured in other positions where they're ranked here for now. But if this is a, uh, you know, this is a podcast, if I'm fortunate enough to be doing some form of countdown on this show, maybe five years from now, Deion Dawkins has an excellent chance to really rise up the, the list of those rankings. He's a very good player who I still feel like he's ascending as well. So, Deion Dawkins comes in at number seven. All right, let's keep this going. Coming in at number six, Ken Jones. Ken Jones played 11 years with the Buffalo Bills, 1976 to 1986. 11 years. It's a long time. Again, long longevity. Why do I always say that word wrong, by the way? Longevity. I said longevity like 20 times when I did the quarterback episode. But anyway, that matters. When I, when I come up with these rankings, interestingly enough, by the way, Jones is a, uh, who was a second round pick. He originally actually wasn't even an offensive tackle. He was a defensive end. In fact, his first two seasons in the league, he played offensive uh, or defensive end. 
1978, he moved to left tackle, and that's a spot that he kept secured for the next nine years, man. Uh, Ken Jones never made a Pro Bowl, you know, but, you know, like many near the, the top part of this list, a lot of these guys didn't make Pro Bowls, but he did start in 137 games. Uh, he was far and away one of the better players on what, quite frankly, were some pretty lousy Buffalo Bills uh, teams, you know, except for 1980 and 81. They were good those two seasons, but, you know, 84, 85, back-to-back, two and 14 seasons. Anyway, uh, Ken Jones, he, he earned his keep, you know, through, again, productivity, uh, through long longevity. So he quite clearly deserves to be on this list. All right, so before we keep going, real quick here. So let's count down 10 through 6. Jerry Ostrowski at 10. Glenn Parker at 9. Dottie Green at 8. Deion Dawkins at 7. And Ken Green, or I'm sorry, Ken Jones comes in at number 6. Coming in at number 5. Now we're on the back half of the tackles list. Jason Peters. Jason Peters spent five years with the Buffalo Bills, 2004 to 2008. Of course, many of us remember Jason Peters was undrafted and at one time a practice squad player. He's a converted tight end. Uh, Peters played a small role in 2004 and 2005, and then he started 10 games at right tackle. Uh, but it was 2006, year three, he moved to left tackle. And for the next three years with uh, the Buffalo Bills, Jason Peters became, without question, one of the best left, uh, left tackles in the entire league. Uh, Jason Peters went on to be a pro bowler his last two years at left tackle with the Bills. That's 2007 and 2008, which is something to be said for him, considering, you know, the team was not good. The offense as a whole was not very good. But Jason Peters uh, still earned Pro Bowl bursts. Um, the problem with Jason Peters wasn't nothing to do it on the field. It was money. Money became a huge issue. Mainly the Bills did not want to pony up. They didn't want to pay him. And in April 2009, Jason Peters was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles for a first-round pick, fourth-round pick, and a conditional sixth. Um, his best days, of course, went on with Philly. He became a seven-time Pro Bowler and a two-time All-Pro left tackle for the Eagles. It's tough, man. Had the Bills and Jason Peters worked things out, had Jason Peters sign a long-term deal and stay with Buffalo, he certainly would be higher than five on this list. And don't get me wrong, five is pretty high to be on to begin with. Um, I think Jason Peters potentially could have been number one, quite frankly. It was that good. Uh, but again, you know, this is a list... That honors the the best 10 offensive tackles of all time. Not guys who have all-time body of work around the league. This is only for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Jason Peters wasn't a stud starting left tackle long enough to be ranked any higher than five. So that's why I got him there at five. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to look at the name and say, well, he should be higher. I don't agree. I think five is appropriate. All right, moving on here. Number four. Howard Ballard, Howard Ballard, House Ballard, six years with the Buffalo Bills, 1988 to 1993, um, an 11th round pick, 283rd overall, without question, one of the Bills' all-time great value draft picks. Uh, Ballard did not have a start his rookie year, but in year two, 1989, he started all 16 games, and uh, in fact, he never didn't start another game for the Bills. In fact, he never missed a game either. 80 consecutive starts for House Ballard. So you want to talk about somebody who was reliable 
and dependable. Of course, during that time, he became a key component of a Buffalo Bills offensive line that successfully ran the gig on offense. He had his early growing pains. We all know about him. We remember the bickering Bills. Remember Jim Kelly pointing his finger, basically threatening him. He was going to punch him in the face if he got sacked again because of Ballard. But, uh, you know, this guy developed into one of the better offensive tackles in the league. He made the Pro Bowl twice, um, 1992 and 1993. Then in 1994, House Ballard well, took the money and ran to Seattle where he played and uh, he started for the next five seasons. But he was never quite as good as he was uh, when he was with the Buffalo Bills. Again, we're talking about an 11th round draft pick that turned into a multi-time pro bowler and a key part of an offensive line during the Bills' Super Bowl years. So when you factor all that in, uh, the productivity, the accolades, the team success, that's why I got Howard Ballard ranked as high as I do here at number four. All right, top three time. Coming in at number three, John Fina. John Fina played 10 years with the Buffalo Bills, a full decade 1992 to 2001. This was a young man. I don't call him a young man anymore. He's not that old. But anyway, John came into this league with a lot of pressure on him from the very day he was drafted. Um, first, because he was a first-round pick on a team that kept going to Super Bowls. Um, you know, also, by his second year, John Fina was tasked with replacing uh, a left tackle that still going to be mentioned on this list in just a couple minutes um look man john fina played left tackle really well and then some um he became the starting left tackle in 1993 and he started every game he played in through the end of his buffalo career in 2001 personal accolades were never there you know like uh a guy who again i'm gonna mention here in, in just a minute john fina was never selected to a pro bowl but John Fina's protected that blind side on some pretty good football teams that were still very much in the thick of things, even after going to those four straight Super Bowls. John Fina also has a, a pretty unique distinction with the Buffalo Bills. He's the first player in the history of the franchise to receive a franchise tag. Uh, the Bills put it on him in 1996, and he wanted to stay. And eventually, the sides, uh, both sides worked out a deal, and he'd go on to play in Buffalo for another five years. That franchise tag, that long-term deal, it was a win-win for both sides. Uh, John Fina started 131 games for the Bills, and for me, it's unquestionably one of the best and one of the most productive offensive tackles to ever have played for this team. Not necessarily related to this list, but, but John Fina also remains a big part of the Bills Mafia and the Buffalo Bills fan community to this day. In fact, he does some podcasting. He's He's constantly in town for appearances, very uh, accessible on social media, especially Twitter. All around good dude, man. But again, for the purpose of this list, he's also one of the best offensive tackles this team's ever seen. I got him here at number three. All right, time for the final two here. Coming in at number two, Joe Devlin. Joe Devlin spent 13 years with the Buffalo Bills, 1976 to 1989. Uh, the second round pick, 52nd overall in the 1976 draft, was a steady, dependable rock throughout his entire career with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he filled in as a starter for two games as a rookie in 76. And by his second year, uh, the starting right tackle job was his. And it's something he held on to and didn't let go for a full 11 years 
11 straight years before he moved over to right guard in his final season. Uh, Joe Devlin started all 177 games he played in during that time, and he missed just 15 games over those 12 years. Pretty damn impressive. Never flashy. Uh, awards did not come his way. In fact, Joe Devlin never even made a Pro Bowl throughout his entire career. But his steadiness, his stability at the right tackle position for 11 straight years and 191 games played, all with the Bills, has him ranked higher than maybe most think he should be. Now, sure, Ballard and Peters were more accomplished, um, maybe athletically better, but Joe Devlin produced, man. He did so, and he did it for far, far longer. So I got him at number two. Before I get to number one, um, honorable mention, Jonas Jennings, Dave Foley, one of those names out there as well. I'm sure I'm forgetting a few others. But anyway, we've reached number one when it comes to offensive tackles. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but for me, this wasn't too difficult. I'm going with Will Wolford. Will Wolford spent seven years with the Buffalo Bills, 1986 to 1992. Uh, the first rounder out of Vanderbilt started um, right away as a rookie with the Buffalo Bills in 1986. And by the way, that team stunk. Um, but he did so at right guard. And doing so made the NFL all-rookie team. So he had a good future at guard. But he went on to take over for Ken Jones at tackle in year two, 1987. And the rest was history. You know, like, like many others, uh, Will Wolfer was a key part of an offense. It became one of the best the NFL's ever seen. And, uh, you know, the offensive line and, and and specifically Will Wolford, pretty grossly underrated component of that Bills K-Gun offense as well. That offensive line helped to make that offense click. Uh, for 1988 through his last year in 1992, Will Wolford, to me, was about as good as it gets as uh, an offensive tackle in football. In total, he started 102 games as a Buffalo Bill. Uh, he made the Pro Bowl twice. 1990 and 1991. Which, to be honest, we know how the Pro Bowl goes. Popularity contest, to some extent at least. I think Will Wolford could have easily been a Pro Bowler five times. Uh, in 1993, became a free agent, went to Indianapolis. He signed, which was at the time that three-year, 7.65 million contract, which again, at the time, made him the highest paid lineman in NFL history. When it comes to these lists and these countdowns, I, I feel like some positions are more debatable than others. Uh, when it comes to this, though, Will Wolford, he's my slam dunk number one choice. So to recap those top five again, Jason Peters at five, Howard Ballard at four, John Fina at three, Joe Devlin at two, and Will Wolford comes in at number one. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a real quick break and we're going to come back. We're going to count down the top 10 Bill's interior offense alignment in franchise history. Be right back, folks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back, and now it's time to count down the top 10 interior offensive linemen in Bill's history. Let's get this going here. Number 10, John Davis. John Davis spent ten, or six years with the Buffalo Bills, I'm sorry. 1987 to 1994, a former 11th round draft pick of the Houston Oilers. He came to Buffalo after two seasons with Houston when he got cut by the Oilers. Um, he was a backup for his first three years before becoming the Bills starting right guard for four of the next five years. A solid starter who was a significant part of the offensive line for three of the Buffalo Bills' four straight Super Bowl years. So I got him there at number 10. Coming in at number nine, Will Grant. Will Grant spent nine years with the Buffalo Bills, 1978 to 1985. And then he played one game with the team again in 1987. A 10th round pick of Buffalo back in 1978. Will Grant was a backup his first two seasons with the Bills before becoming a starter in 1980. Um, he'd become the next starter or the starting center for the next five years. He made 89 starts in all. Uh, Will Grant was an anchor on an offensive line for Bills teams that had seen it all. You know, um, Will Grant. Saw the Bills win double-digit games and make the playoffs in 1980-81. Of course, you had the back-to-back shitty 2-14 debacles of 1984 and 1985. By the way, with Will Grant being a 10th round pick, you're seeing a lot of trend with these guys who end up on these lists. A lot of these guys are late-round picks, man. When you could get a guy in the 10th round who goes on and starts at center for five years and uh, makes 89 starts, that's one hell of a draft pick. So Will Grant comes in at number nine. Coming in at number eight, Albie Miller. Albie Miller spent nine years with the Bills, 1961 to 1969. Uh, he's a seventh round pick, a rookie from Syracuse. He joined the Bills in 1961 and he immediately became their starting center. Um, he did that for his first three seasons before moving to right guard in 64. He started at right guard in both 64 and 65, which, of course, were the Bills' only two championships to date. Uh, he was named to the Pro Bowl in 1965, or the AFL All-Star team, whatever you want to call it, back in those days. 1966, he moved back to center, and he was a starter there for his last three seasons before he retired after the 1969 season. In total, Albie Miller started 123 of his 126 games as a member of the Buffalo Bills. 
Uh, after his playing career, B. Miller was a, a teacher in the Buffalo school system. In fact, I personally remember him at McKinley uh, High School. He, he, he was there plenty of times subbing and helping out with football. And I remember that. Actually, I went to McKinley for my freshman year before transferring to Lafayette High School. But anyway, I remember seeing him there. Uh, kind of one of those larger-than-life personalities. And by the way, he's also a member of the Greater Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame. He was inducted there in 2015. So coming in, or I should say at number eight is Albie Miller. All right, folks, coming in at number seven. A name that younger Buffalo Bills fans surely are very familiar with. Of course, I'm talking about Eric Wood. Eric Wood spent nine years with the Buffalo Bills, 2009 to 2017. A first round draft pick out of Louisville. Eric Wood actually started at right guard as a rookie before moving to center in 2010. He'd go on to start in all 120 of his games as a member of the Buffalo Bills. For me, Eric Wood was one of the most technically sound uh, centers in the NFL. One of the best centers in the NFL. And I thought it was long, kind of borderline criminal that Eric Wood hadn't made the Pro Bowl before. But he finally got his just due and made the team in 2015. Uh, Eric Wood was one of the core players of the Bills and one of those true uh, heart and soul guys, you know. Unfortunately, he was forced into a early retirement following that 2017 season when it was revealed he uh, suffered from a neck injury. And, you know, it would have made his return dangerous. That sucked. And, and it kind of, on the field at least anyway, I'm talking about only on the field, robbed him of more achievements and time with the Bills. Currently, Eric Wood is the color analyst for Bills games on WGR 550. And man, that dude is doing such a good job. And I say this lovingly because I don't want to take away from his football career, which was really, 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 really good. But I think someday down the road, I think Eric Wood may become known more for being a radio and potentially a TV analyst than uh than his great playing career. You know, only the injury and the and the premature retirement prevents Eric Wood from being even higher on this list. He's to me one of the great Buffalo Bills players of the past 20 years or so. One of the most uh, likable Buffalo Bills players of all time. Fans love him. He has a podcast today. He's very engaging, man. He's just an all-around really, really good guy, man. So Eric Wood at number seven. Keeping us going. Coming in at number six, Jim Richter. Jim Richter played 14 years with the Buffalo Bills. 14 years, man. 1980 to 1994. Uh, the first round pick out of North Carolina State was a backup for the Bills. His first three seasons made just three starts between 1980 to 1982. He then became the starting left guard in 1983 and just became an absolute model of consistency there for the next 11 years. He made 164 starts and he only missed six games total between 1983 and in 1992 six games total missed in all those years 11 years god that's that's crazy man uh two-time pro bowler 1991 and 1992 and obviously a very key part of a buffalo bills offensive line that helped propel the cake on offense to new heights uh you know the team went to four straight super bowls jim richard had no small part in that and his legacy with the buffalo bills was cemented in 2004 when he was inducted into the Buffalo Bills 
Wall of Fame. He's one of the team's all-time great linemen, no question about it. All right, quick review here, 10 through 6. John Davison at 10, Will Grant at 9, Albie Miller at 8, Eric Wood at 7, Jim Richter at 6. We're going to keep going here. Number 5, Reuben Brown. Reuben Brown spent nine years with the Bills, 1995 to 2003. A former first-round pick of the Bills from Pittsburgh. Uh, he came to Buffalo in 1995, and he was the starting left guard literally from day one. Reuben Brown would go on to make the Pro Bowl a mind-blowing eight consecutive seasons from 1996 to 2003. And I'll tell you what, say what you will about the Pro Bowl process and how it's become a popularity contest and always has been maybe. But man, you go to eight straight Pro Bowls, eight straight Pro Bowls. To my knowledge, and I could be wrong, if I'm wrong, let me know. I don't think any Buffalo Bills ever, ever went to eight consecutive Pro Bowls before. Ruben Brown started all 136 of his games with Buffalo. Then he went on to Chicago for his last four seasons, which by the way, made one last Pro Bowl uh, in 2006, which was the ninth for his career. I never really considered Ruben Brown one of the elite offensive linemen in the NFL, but he was obviously very, very good and very steady. You don't make nine Pro Bowls by just being all right. I don't care how much of a popularity contest Pro Bowls could be. If you're just okay, you're just decent, you ain't making nine Pro Bowls, man. I feel like Ruben Brown's a player who's never gotten his just due. And I think it's a joke, by the way, that he's not currently on the Buffalo Bills Wall of Fame. And, and I also think it's, again, if you, if you add accolades, nine Pro Bowls, I think it's odd that he's not even in any legitimate conversation for the Pro Football Hall of Fame either. So anyway, I got Ruben Brown at number five. You know, one quick comment about this interior offensive alignment list. This might be the deepest list of any position that we do. Ruben Brown is a stud. Jim Richards is a stud. He couldn't even crack the top five. There's some positions where the Bills have been really, really good historically. Then there's others where they haven't. Tight end, for an example. Interior offensive lineman might be as good as it gets. Interior offensive lineman and running back might be the best two positions historically uh, the Bills have ever had. Anyway, all right. So number four, Reggie McKenzie. Reggie McKenzie spent 11 years with the Bills, 1972 to 1982. Second round pick, 27th overall out of Michigan in 1972. Joined the Bills instantly as starting left guard. Man, what a starter he was. A major part of the electric company. Uh, you know, the offensive line that helped propel O.J. Simpson to 2003 rushing yards in 1973, which was McKenzie's second year as a starter. Uh, McKenzie made first team All-Pro that year. And he would make second team all pro in each of the next two seasons. You want consistency, folks? How about this? Reggie McKenzie never missed a single game throughout the first nine years of his career. Imagine being a starting offensive lineman in the NFL, those trenches, how nasty he gets there, and not missing one game for nine straight years on the offensive line. Mind-blowing to me. So, yeah. Uh, you know, the three are first or second all pro selections 11 years as a starter a key force in the electric company for me anyway it makes reggie mckenzie a pretty easy top four selection and by the way i just talked bitched about reuben brown not being on the bills wall of fame it's absolutely criminal that reggie mckenzie isn't on the buffalo bills wall of fame 
So for everyone out there talking about Jerry Hughes needs to go on the wall, maybe. Guess what, though? Wait your turn, man. Reggie McKenzie should be on there. He's there at four on my list. Number three. I can't believe I only have him three on this list. But again, this is just such a deep position. Kent Hull. Kent Hull spent his entire 11-year career with the Bills, 1986 to 1996. Kent Hall came to Buffalo after the USFL folded. And from day one was a starting center. He took over for Will Grant, who we talked about earlier on this list. Uh, Kent Hall quickly became the anchor of the Bills' offensive line. Simple as that. One of the best centers of all football. His third year, he was second-team All-Pro. And he was so again in 1989. In 1990, in both 1990, I'm sorry, and 1991, he was named first-team All-Pro. So in, in total, he was a 4 time first or second team all pro and a three-time pro bowler but perhaps the most telling accolade about hall's bills career was his availability seven games he missed in 11 years 169 uh, games only seven games for your starting center in 11 years that is durability folks jim kelly often called ken hall the glue and the most essential piece to the bills cake on offense and Ken Hall did get his just due. He went on the Bills Wall of Fame all the way back in 2002. So I got him at number three. I mean, you got Ken Hall three, you better have two legends in the top two. And I do. Coming in at number two, Joe DeLamalier. Eight years with the Buffalo Bills, 1973 to 1979. Also again in 1985. Known simply as Joe D. Uh, the first round rookie of Michigan State, 1973, immediately inserted into the starting right guard role. And it's not much of a coincidence. That's the year OJ ran for 2,000 yards. I said it a few minutes ago, we'll talk about Reggie McKenzie. Which, by the way, can you imagine an interior offensive line where your guards are Reggie McKenzie and Joe DeLamalier? Are you shitting me, man? Anyway, Joe would go on to make first team all pro three consecutive years, 1975, 76, and 77. And then he made second team all pro three straight years, 78, 79, and 80. So in total, Jody made the first or second team all pro six times and also the Pro Bowl five times as a rookie. Uh, in 1980, he joined the Browns. He played there for the next five years, which he, while with Cleveland, earned second team all pro honors two more times. Tried to come back to Buffalo one last time in 85, but he was just a, a shell of his former self. Plus, the team was horrific, and, and that was a wrap for his career. Um, perhaps the most... Impressive stat during his seven years with the Bills as a starting right guard. And I've talked about durability with a lot of these guys you've heard today. How about this one, folks? Joe B never, or Joe D, Joe B, thinking of the athletic here. Joe DeLamalier never missed a game, literally, for the Buffalo Bills. 102 consecutive games with the Buffalo Bills. Crazy. He went on the Bills Wall of Fame in 1997. And then Joe D received the ultimate NFL honor being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2003. All right, folks, we reached the top here. So if Joe DeLamalier is not number one, who the hell could it be? Well, it is Billy Shaw. Billy Shaw spent his entire nine-year career with the Bills, 1961 to 1969. Uh, Shaw was a second-round draft pick out of Georgia Tech, ninth overall in the 1961 draft. The second draft pick ever by the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, one of the best players in the history of the franchise. Um, he was a starting left guard from day one. 
It took him just two seasons to become one of the best linemen in the AFL. He made first team All-Pro in 1962, his second year in the league, and it was the first of five consecutive first team All-Pro selections. Of course, he was a rocket left guard behind two AFL championship teams. You know, that will help you achieve first team All-Pro selection five straight times. In total, he was a first or second team All-Pro eight times. And he made the Pro Bowl eight times. And so were Claire in those days. That was, you know, an all-star team when we made a Pro Bowl. But anyway, um, he went on the Bills Wall of Fame in 1988. And like Joe D, he received the ultimate NFL honor when he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1999. One last thing about Billy Shaw, too. He was the first player inducted to the Hall of Fame who spent his entire career in the AFL and he was named to the all-time AFL team. Man, this is a loaded list at interior offensive line. Very, very loaded. And it was some difficult choices. But, you know, honestly, this one wasn't all that difficult at all. Billy Shaw was the best, folks. So there you go. There's your top 10. And to recap the top five one more time, Ruben Brown at five, Reggie McKenzie at four, um, Ken Hull at three, Joe DeLamalier at two, and at one, we had Billy Shaw. So there you go, folks. Your top 10 offensive tackles, your top 10 interior offensive linemen in one episode. Um, coming up tomorrow, actually, we're going to do the top 10 defensive ends. Then on Thursday, defensive tackles. We'll have casual Friday episode with Joe Yurden, normal episode on Friday. And then next week, the last week for training camp, podcast literally every single day coming up next week. Monday, we're going to do linebackers. Monday the 18th, I should say. Tuesday the 19th, we're going to do corners. Wednesday the 20th is going to be safeties. Thursday the 21st, this series will wrap up with special teams. Then, of course, Friday the 22nd, casual Friday with Joe Yurden. So tons of shows, tons of extra episodes here over the next two weeks. Thank you very, very much as always for listening. Um, let me know what you think. Again, please, I, I really value your uh, your insight and your opinions as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Pamoran Tweets. Send me a tweet. Let me know what you think. Email us, talkbuffalopodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Talking Buffalo Podcast. Got a Facebook page. Also, even though this episode and this series is not on YouTube, lots of clips, lots of episodes are on YouTube. So make sure you follow the Talking Buffalo Podcast YouTube channel. Thank you again very much. Appreciate y'all. And in fact, we'll be right back with a new episode tomorrow. Talk to you guys soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.